Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? You can advertise your band, a new album, your company, a service you provide, or just yourself, and it will be heard around the world, and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. Email me at Conversations with Dwyer, and we could begin discussing how to get your advertisement up on an episode or multiple episodes of Conversations with Dwyer. Again, email me at Conversations with Dwyer at gmail.com. And remember, that ad will be heard around the world. Now, how about we enjoy this latest episode of Conversations with Dwyer? Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, which I hope you know if, you're, if you've been listening for a while. If, you've, if this is your first time here, thanks for listening. And uh, speaking of music, that song that played me in is by Shannon Lay, and the song is called Sea Came to Shore, and it's from her album August, and that is out on Sub Pop. And she also is on a great uh, compilation cassette and digital album that's coming out from uh, our friends at Perpetual Doom, or my friends. I say our, like there's more than one person that does this podcast. This is all me, MFers. Uh, but the compilation is it called It's So Easy When You Know What You're Doing, and it's a tribute to Ted Lucas. And uh, the sh- in the show notes, there will be things for all things Shannon Lay, Perpetual Doom, so you could go buy those things, and you should buy music because it's important to support artists, because they don't make shit off of streaming. And speaking of the show notes, you go to themattdwyer.com and that's great. You could find out all my social media, my uh, my Patreon. My Patreon, uh, there's always bonus material, video versions of the, of the conversations. Uh, sometimes there's two parts to the conversation, so the second part will live up there. As well as on my Patreon, I do a separate podcast where it's me talking to comedians about the music in their lives from their childhood and stuff. So that one's a little bit more loose and funny and more jokey than... Though, I will say this, I had a great time talking to Shannon Lay. It was very funny. And if you're a fan of hers, um, and you're you're here because uh, of her, and you're listening to this podcast because you love her music, well, go back to my library and check out other past episodes. Like Steve Gunn. She and Steve Gunn did a Blaze Foley cover, play, uh, Clay Pigeons. And uh, so if, you, you, if you're a fan of hers, you're probably a fan of Steve Gunn's. Go listen to my conversation with him. It's one of my most listened to episodes. Uh, I've also talked to Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips. Um, gosh, I'm just totally blanking. Oh, uh, Kid Congo from God Many Things, The Cramps, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, Leah Wellbaum is from Slothrust is coming up very soon. So there's a lot. And that's for upcoming episodes. You can become my, uh, follow me on Instagram and find, uh, find some of that stuff on there. Uh, who's been on, who's not been on, who will be on, who would I like on? And once in a blue moon, you'll see a picture of my awful face. <laughs> My fuzzy. I just saw a picture of myself uh, without my beard, and I was like, "Beard, good call. Hide a good half of that face, sir." Um, that being said, I think that covers all the things I like to say. I hope 
uh, please buy the again the It's So Easy When You Know What You're Doing a Ted tribute to Ted Lucas on Perpetual Doom and Shannon's music man she can sing and she can play guitar I can't do either and her band The Feels also uh, another thing she does that's really great she's just uh, an incredible person I really loved talking to her this is a fun conversation so please enjoy do you have irish heritage in you at all i do that's all that's all i know of my background is just pure irish i'm sure there's something else in there yeah yeah how yeah because i'm like chicago half irish but it's like you know corned beef and being a loud drunk that's i'm just genetically yeah. predisposition for it <laughs> Big smiles and red faces. yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah uh did, was your family like uh longtime Californians or did they come over? No, my mom's from the East coast. She grew up on long Island. And, oh. uh, yeah, I have a ton of family there and she came over here cause, um, she met my dad here on a business trip. And so she ended up moving here, um, and leaving her family there, but they're a hoot, man. I, I love, I feel that pinch of the East coast in me. I am a West coast girl for life, I think, but I love that East Coast spirit and just their the accent. The accent always comes out of me somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I love the East Coast. I lived in New York for a while, and like I said, I grew up in Chicago. But I feel like when I got to the West Coast, I was like, this feels right, and like, and I want my kids to be West Coasters. Coast, yeah, Coast, Coastians. What do you? <laughs> Like we've talked about leaving the LA area, but I'm like, I'm not going east of the five. I'm never living east right. of the five again. Yeah, I've slowly been inching east, and yeah, I think this is maybe as far as I would go in California. Yeah, because I read that you like thought about San Francisco or Chicago, and I was curious what like, especially as a Chicago, and what what appealed to you about Chicago? As a- well, at the time, it was just really, really far from uh, Los Angeles. Like I, when I got. <laughs> I know that <laughs> feeling in reverse. Like, yeah, when I graduated high school, I was just like, get me out of here. So I wanted to go as far away as possible. But LA was just, it had so many opportunities. And I think having that home court advantage where you already know, you, you kind of feel at home there already. And so finding your niche is just like, okay, I know like what all the streets are called. Now I just have to find the right people on them. <laughs> well, I know like, the crazy thing about California and even LA in itself, it's like a neighborhood can, or, or a town over can be a completely different world. A street over even. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, and I don't know Redondo beach much where you grew up. Is that like drastically different or it's a little bit more, what is it more like? It's just more mellow, I guess. It's, it's kind of a classic beach town, very like the San Diego vibes, but like not as um, difficult you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it's a great place. It was a wonderful place to grow up. It was so chill. And I love the beach. I love being by the ocean. Yeah. That's the one thing I wish. Yeah. Cause San Diego, that was, I spent a weekend working in San Diego and it was just, uh, there's, it's weird. there's a meathead quality. And as a guy who got yeah. beat up by meatheads, I don't like meatheads. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> trauma <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's you know football games on a tv just send me into some kind of shock <laughs> oh my god <laughs> rocking in a corner <laughs> uh did you feel like 
Redondo, I don't know if this is a dumb question, but I'll, and I like to censor myself before I, I question, <laughs> but like, does, does that vibe of Redondo beach, uh, sort of influence your music or is that, or how, was there an influence in Redondo beach life and, and what led to music, I guess would be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think years later reflecting on just how lucky I was and how ingrained it was in me that like the ocean became this beacon of comfort and like, um, you know, my record living water comes to mind. is just like, that was really like a love letter to the, the surroundings that raised me. And like, I, absolutely love and adore just like the immensity of the ocean and like every time I'm feeling off just like seeing it brings me back to like a more centered spot you know it's it's the best yeah I mean I feel that when I go to the ocean and then you start driving back further more into the city you you feel that like calm dissipate <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah I would imagine I mean is that how do you just feel great when you grow up next to the ocean do, are you is it do you feel more calm in general or is that just me being I mean it, it took a good like seven years for me to even realize how lucky I was like I was just trying to get away from it for so long and then I finally took a minute to be like wow I was incredibly lucky to have just the carefree outdoor outside all the time like having having just the most wholesome the wholesome experience so it it took me a minute i was very angsty child so i (laughs) it took a while yeah i was gonna ask i was like were you trying to get away because i know like when i wanted to get away i was getting away from specific things (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, or was it just angsty teen where you think it's worse than it is i think it's classic angsty teen my whole thing that i can the only thought that I can really remember from high school in particular was what is the fucking point of this? Like, I was just so like, I know there's more out there. I just have to get through this. And like the minute I graduated, I was out the door. The minute I could get my license, I got my license. You know, I, was like, I need to get away from this. It doesn't feel right. I know that I guess we have to do this for some reason, but I, I was just, I just did not see the point. And like, what I was learning. I didn't have any interest in it. I wasn't very good at school, traditional kind of like learn and then regurgitate the information. So I just felt stupid a lot of my life. And I I knew I wasn't stupid, but the environment that I was in didn't really, uh, it didn't cultivate confidence in me, but I, but I felt that I had more to offer than what they were asking of me, you know? Right. Do you think that is hand in hand, like goes with being a creative person that, cause I feel like that with our public schools because I was the same way. I was just like, this is bullshit. I love reading, but I don't want to read this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I just, I knew because I was escaping to Chicago. I grew up in the suburbs. So were you escaping to any place for like music or anything like in that department? I didn't really have musical intentions when I left high school. I just, I knew I just had to get out of there. Like I knew I just had to like change my environment. So I, the first place I lived was in Hollywood. I shared a studio with this person that I didn't know. And I uh, worked at a, and I worked at a weed store when it was like first kind of becoming, um, medical marijuana was becoming legalized and stuff. And as far as music one day, I, I think I was just bored and I, I went on Craigslist and, and found a listing for people who were looking for a bandmate and it, and it worked out like the first per- people I hit up, they were super rad. But uh, yeah, I, I just kind of was winging it. And I tried college. I think I made it 
um, <laughs> two or three weeks into, into community college. And I was just like, damn, like I, I, yeah, this isn't my thing and that's okay. You know, cause I, I think I was kind of part of the, I was born in 1990. So I think I was kind of the last generation to realize that there was so many more options other than college. Like everyone before us, it was just like, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you have a family. Like, I think the options were so limited. And, and for me, it was like, I was able to explore so many different avenues. So I, I, it was kind of overwhelming. So I just spent a lot of time trying a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. What, where did you go to college? Did LA city college? Yeah, yeah. So I've, that seems to be the go-to. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I just, you know, I absolutely love learning, but I just, I, it's so hard to do in in that structured setting. You know, school's one of those things that hasn't changed ever. You know, it's always kind of been the same thing, and like, not everybody's the same type of learner. And like, I hate that you, you feel stupid just because you don't learn a certain way, you know? Yeah. And it's like things like pop quizzes and all that. Like I freeze. Like if, like you could ask me my kids' names right now and I'd be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> don't, it's why? Today. I don't know. <laughs> but, and also, you know, I mean, from, I think some people are, I'm, I'm trying not to make this sound like I'm saying I'm super intelligent, but like if you're more intelligent and in sometimes in a different manner, that school, that form of teaching doesn't speak to you. It's like, it's not engaging. Yeah. So you get bored. I, I mean, you're, I'm, what I'm saying is you're super smart. <laughs> <laughs> you are too, Matt. You are Thank too. You. But it's, yeah. What, what was that roommate situation? How did you, cause that's, that could either be a, off one of the worst things in the world, sharing a studio with somebody. Did you have things in common with that person? Uh, you know, I, I remember it being relatively pleasant. I think I really enjoy my privacy. So like the whole idea of like no walls was a little bit harsh, but the other, uh, like a few months ago, I was at one of the, um, the protests that they were having in Hollywood. And I found myself like we, we went up a street to take a little break and I was right next to the house. I was like, Oh my God, that's the place I, the first place I ever lived right there. Like I haven't been there in, in 12 years or something. And it was such a trip to just, to just be there and remember. I mean, I remember my days so vividly. Like I would go to this one weed store. It was up these stairs and I would get like this, um, fruity pebbles, rice, crispy treat weed <laughs> bar and just like walk around Hollywood <laughs> as hell and it, it was it was such a cool way to just like I don't know d- discover independence and like figure out who I was and what I what what I wanted what I didn't want you know it was it was a it was definitely like a a high energy environment I wasn't like resting and and but it was good it was I love all the places I've lived a lot of different places as an adult in my life and that one I remember pretty fondly what roughly what year was that? Uh, I think that would, would have been like 2009, 2010. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. I moved here around right after nine 11, but cause Hollywood was 
change that's when they were first trying to make if i miss not miss like when they were first trying to make hollywood and highland like we're gonna make this like times square and it's like good luck <laughs> still i don't think it works but yeah i totally yeah. get that <laughs> but i mean it was a pretty adventuresome like i th- always was it, i never lived in that neighborhood but it was always very enthralling yeah and it's all- interesting i i ended up living a little bit further down closer to like fountain and vine for a while in this great bungalow it was behind this ho- like old hotel that was like run by a literal like old movie star this guy joe delessandro who was in like crybaby he, he he's uh one of, he was like andy warhol's muse for a minute and now he just sweeps the floor in this old hollywood ap- uh, apartment building full of freaks just like in the in the best sense of the word like just people who have you know don't belong anywhere that was what that place was full of and it was so interesting and getting to know Hollywood in a more domestic sense I guess was was really cool like I got to know all the homeless people and just like figured out where to go where not to go and it, it, I I have a definite soft spot for for uh, Hollywood in general yeah it's it was always funny when I first moved here people the misconceptions of Hollywood they're like I think people assume there's like oh Brad Pitt's gonna just be strolling down this street with a latte <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like you'll see somebody throwing up possibly but <laughs> uh, oh my god but that's what i love about it it's like it's so and there like you can just feel the history in those streets like the good and yeah. the bad yeah it's amazing how much went down there and it's crazy how you know the whole world kind of looks at la and i think thinks Hollywood, you know, that's like, but I can, I would love to be in the brain of like someone from like the South of France coming to LA and going to Hollywood. It's like, what do you think of this? You know, like, is this, is this what you wanted? Like, yeah. And, and Beverly, Beverly Hills is like, I mean, the first time I saw Beverly Hills, I was like, I, I mean, none of that, because that's just greed and capitalism at its best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, why does, why do people want to walk around this street and be like, there's a thing I can't afford. There's a thing I can't afford. <laughs> Such a trip. I just binge watched Bling Empire. <laughs> and oh. like, that's all about, it's all about like the richest people in Beverly Hills. And like the, it, it blew my mind how, uh, foreign the whole like there was this one girl on the show who was paying nineteen thousand dollars a month for her apartment and I was just like whoa like it's just like so far removed from so much of the world oh my god it was Beverly Hills freaks me out I went there to get I got like these um custom uh, earplugs made and I went to Beverly Hills to get them and it was like you know underneath was just like a a, a you know one of those fancy like yoga shops and it was I don't know it was such such a trip it felt like such an alien over there you know when when you moved to Hollywood were you already are you already like determined to have a music career no, I, I I had no idea what I really wanted to do fashion when I was younger. I had looked into going to um, that school FITM and it turned out it was something like $40,000 a semester. So I was like, okay, I'll do something else. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not the one. Like, I'll, you know, maybe I'll buy a house and see, you know, like whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I was really just wandering, you know, I, I, I felt like very uh lost i think but it, but i had a lot of fun being lost and falling down and like just figuring out 
where I belonged. Because another thing I think people don't realize about LA is it's so big. Like there are so many different parts of it and different groups of people. And like, there's something for everyone. And again, like options are amazing, but it also makes it kind of hard to make a decision. And so you kind of end up just like, like for me, I ended up just wherever I was accepted is where I kind of stayed at any given moment. And so that was nice, just floating and, and never really knowing. And I, I don't think I really thought about doing music full time until I started playing solo. And that, and that really just like kind of showed me where, like, it was one of my superpowers that I hadn't really discovered yet. And when I found it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Like you, when you kind of like catch that thread that just like starts to easily unravel, you know, you're not just like pulling on it. It just, it just flows out and you're like, Oh my God, I get it. I get it. I get it. And like that feeling, I just follow that feeling now. Cause for so long, I was just like yanking at like these knotted up threads and like not getting like where I belonged at all, you know? Yeah. It's weird that trial and error of like when you're young and you're like, I think I'm this and I think I'm that. And then, but for you, like at least as a observing your life from the outside, it was like, you know, you were, you, you said you were like singing to a, almost an obnoxious level as a kid, like (laughs) all the time. And so it was like, definitely that was there. And like, do you feel like you just didn't see it and you were like, yeah yeah I think when I started playing with other bands I ha- I just had so many so many confidence issues you know I never felt um like I wanted to be seen but it was also like the most terrifying thing for me to be seen so it was a really kind of complicated mixture of like the, you know what you what you fear and what you want they're often the same thing and so I was just kind of struggling with that for a long time, but also just getting my bearings being on stage. Cause it is a really weird place to be. It's kind of foreign. And like, I remember the first show I ever played, I, I just, I didn't move a muscle. I just stood there and stared at my guitar and made sure that I, you know, didn't mess up. And then five years later, I was thrashing around on stage having the best time. So like, it was, it was cool to like feel my confidence build and, you know, believing in ourselves is something that takes a lifetime to like really cultivate. And so I, I feel really happy that I'm at a place where I, I really value what I have to offer. And I look back at those times where I just really didn't feel deserving of much. And I have so much compassion for that version of me, you know, cause we've all been there where it's just, it's not easy. Like we're so good at supporting other people, but the minute you turn that around on yourself, it, it, it becomes kind of a big challenge. It's that's such a trip. And I relate because like where you can look at your past, like there's periods of my life where I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? And can I have that erased? <laughs> I mean, like I had to be that person to get here, but it's like, and I don't know if like, cause you were saying with the confidence and stuff, I had just so many toxic and just misconceptions in my head for, about so many things about life, how, who you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be as a man, which is, as you know, is garbage. (laughs) As a, as a woman, you know how garbagey men can be, but like, you know, like, and to filter through all these things that you've been layered with. And I think you, I've read where you were talking about that of like, people tell you all these things and then you just have to figure it out yourself. 
Yeah. And, and also like recognize the voices in you that aren't even yours. You know, I think last year gave me a real opportunity to sit down and be still with that and realize that so much of what I felt about myself didn't even come from me. It came from these other people whose opinions don't even matter. Like if they're not paying your bills, pay them no mind, you know, (laughs) as RuPaul says, (laughs) where did, was that, uh, like people in your neighborhood, like friends, because I God knows the kids you grew up with can be really put a lot of voices in your head, or was it? Because also probably like I just know from my Irish heritage, there's a lot of like, well, it could be worse. Like there's no like accepting in the moment. It's like, well, you 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 know you could have cancer instead of a broken leg. <laughs> like that's yeah. I I think for me as a kid, like. I was super rambunctious and like constantly being told to tone it down. And so I think I, I kind of flipped the dial. I I 180 the dial and just became like really afraid of expressing myself because it was never really like, um, uh, appreciated. It seemed like it was uh, the opposite unappreciated. And so, you know, now at the age of 30, I'm, I'm just now realizing like how much that lent itself to, my lack of, of confidence and, and fear of expressing myself and working through just like how to, how to do that, like figuring out how to, how to feel comfortable taking up all the space that I need to. And I, yeah, I think as a kid, it was just, it was hard to feel free to, to do what I felt. So it was like a lot of suppression. I feel like we all kind of experience yeah. that to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like, a lot of families don't understand people who want to go into creative worlds. Like, so it's right. like, like my it's family. Seen as, it's seen as like, Oh, good luck with that. You know, it's not like, Oh my God. You know, it's like kind of a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family. I think, that, I think of that arrested development thing where, <laughs> where they, they say something like, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> and they do like the laugh, the like, breathy laugh, and everyone's just like, okay. <laughs> Was there a, a period of of getting your family to understand that you were going down that road? Definitely. My my stepdad uh, was an engineer at Raytheon for 30 years wow. and went to UCLA. Like, he, he was very, very traditional. And the first time that he told me he was, like, proud of my accomplishments as a musician, it was a really emotional moment because, you know, we spent night after night in high school just like me weeping at the table as he's trying to explain to me geometry you know like just these moments of like of really like he's trying he's trying to to teach me what he knows and so like showing him what I could do on my own it felt really really good because he was definitely one of those people who was like okay do your thing you know but keep your day job you know (laughs) but He's, he's so uh, stoked on me now. And like, he loves telling people that you can say like, Alexa, play Shannon Lay. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, like you said, this past year, you came to terms with a lot of these things and, uh, uh, and you know, like the holding yourself back or whatever. And then the expression. So do you feel like that, going forward uh, that you're like, there's a whole new adventure creatively for you having sort of gotten some of that stuff out of the way. Uh, yeah. I, I have such like a seed of excitement within like, it's, it's so, <sighs> I mean, everyone's 
like boats just got pulled to the sidelines. Like we, we all had to stop. And I think it was such an opportunity to like do like this. I don't know the kind of work I've been doing on myself would have been really difficult to do if I had to go out and like pretend like I was okay. Cause it, it's, it's, you know, and I'm still, I'm feeling like I'm just now getting to the point where I'm really getting into the tough stuff. You know, a lot of it was like very surface level kind of issues, but now I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so excited for what's to come creatively because I think it's changing shape and you know what we every every creative field is finding new avenues to explore and especially with music like I just talked to my booking agency yesterday and they and they just have no nobody knows you know I think being in that position of uncertainty is kind of rare and all we can do is hope for the best and try to manifest what we want that to look like mm-hmm. and and accept the fact that it might look different than, than we even thought, you know, and just be open and receptive to that. I'm just, I'm just ready for anything, you know? <laughs> do you think you would have, it would have taken you longer to come to some of these conclusions if it wasn't for COVID? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to be thankful for such kind of a tragic point in history, but I, I didn't realize how much I needed to like prioritize my home life and prioritize my mental health and the kind of music that came out of me last year was just like more genuinely me than anything I'd ever made. And, you know, realizing how much I need to rest. Like, I think a lot of us are stuck in that doing mode. And a big reason why we're here is just to be, you know, like just sitting and doing nothing for a whole day can be a really, really healing thing for a lot of us. So I, I've been enjoying coming to terms with that part of myself, you know, cause I was raised in the same society as everyone else where you're told to just go out and do something. <laughs> but like, for me, I think a lot of the things that come to me, I have to like be in that position of receiving to um, have that energy come my way. You know, like I can't be seeking something out. I have to just be waiting and preparing and, whatever that means, you know, it's, it's, I'm still learning so much about myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I always wonder about that. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm 52. I don't like saying, <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, you know, I feel like I, it's, and I granted I'm emotionally was emotionally stunted and lived in a bunch of lies, but, and I'm like, so when I get like 80, am I going to be like, I figured it out and then die? Like, it's like, or do you like, I mean, I'm like, when does, does it stop or does the search never end? I I think, I think it never ends. And I think it's, um, it's one of the more frustrating things about (laughs) the journey. You know, it's because we all, we all love results and we all love to like feel that accomplishment, but at the same time, we rush past accomplishments, don't we? We, we, we accomplish one thing and immediately it's like, what's the next, you know, spending. And that's another thing I did last year was just spent more time appreciating what I had done and not beating myself up for what I hadn't done or what I had done, you know, quote unquote wrong. Like it was just a moment to look back on the life that I had. And like, I know for a lot of my friends, like, especially like touring musicians and stuff, it's like, if you never did anything else again, your life was 
so cool and interesting <laughs> already. You know, like <laughs> I'm so stoked that I spent, you know, my twenties playing music and, and enjoying myself. And, you know, I can't wait to see what that turns into as I get older and, and frankly, a little bit sick of touring, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was into when you said the thing about we're so result oriented as humans, or maybe it's Americans, but I was like, yeah, I, uh, having a fluidity to one's life would be more healthy to not be like, all right, I did this. Now I got to do that. Just be like, maybe they all bleed together. Cause some of my biggest blunders led to some of the better moments in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, it, yeah. I, I think enjoy, enjoying the journey is definitely a key factor. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. is, as I feel like, creativity and, and music. And I think I get this sense from your work as well, or interviews that there's a sense of searching and discovery and stuff. But, but is there also say with like touring, is there, does that also exist within touring or is there also maybe a sense of running from some things when you're touring? You know, touring for me was an amazing place to learn about myself and like because you, re- you really are stripped of all of your hiding places, all of your comforts, all of your kind of go-to um, uh, survival mechanisms, you know? <laughs> and, and so it was, it was a really good boot camp of just like, you can't, you know, pull certain moves. You can't like run away. You can't, I think it's a, it's touring is kind of a, a lack of being able to run away, you know, yeah. in, in a sense, in the moment that you're there, like I, but it's, yeah, it's a good way to learn about like personalities and, and, um, conflict resolution <laughs> and, <laughs> and how to, how to do, do, uh, eyeliner in a moving car, you know? <laughs> um, I, I don't know if this is a total switcheroo of, I just, I saw that you were obsessed with the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls and as a kid, but I'm wondering if there was anything that you had taken or appreciated that, that has in any way influenced your songwriting. I don't know if that's a weird question, but oh, I mean, man. a lot I mean, of those are great pop songs. And I think it's some, and you know, I'm they not, hold up, don't they? They yeah, do. I'm not like as well, like versed in it as my, my, my partner, my wife, I always, I like to say wife in an ironic sort of like we're old Mormons or something. My wife. <laughs> like I'll say like wife, it's time for dinner. Like totally being ironic. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hello, Mater. <laughs> um, but is, was, did you, I like that cup by the way. My little tin cup. It's awesome. I love tin ah. coffee cups. It's a, a weird I guess, I don't know if it's a fetish. I was going to say fetish, but <laughs> it feels, it feels like a fetish. Cause every time I find one, I'm just like, Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just found this orange one. I got you. This one's a little bigger. Oh, I love that color too. But also good. I like the tiny one for the, for the mornings. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have, we have some, that they're for camping though i'm not an outdoor person at all so i just they're just fucking coffee cups <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so backstreet boys <laughs> oh right yes i mean i if i could say like the the person that comes to mind uh is is britney spears like I, i'm a really huge britney spears fan and if, if anything i've taken um like 
it is so necessary to not take yourself too seriously. And like that kind of music just inspires this like absolutely ridiculous nonsensical part of me that I adore. Like I always think of like Britney's lyrics when I'm feeling blue and it's just like, you know, cold as fire, hot as ice. You look so sick. I think I got the flu. Like (laughs) there's like so much gold in the song. And, and it's also like science music, you know, it's like music designed to like release endorphins. And like, uh, I think they're using that in a weird way with, with more modern pop music. Like it's getting to the manipulative point where it's just like, this song just makes me cry. What the fuck? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I just, I love how fun it is. You know, like these days I'm either listening to like, Almond Brothers or uh, 90s dance music. You know, it's like, it's got to be just like uplifting, like triumphant jam. <laughs> I was, I was uh, really uh, interested in, do you say sometimes when you write songs, you just like hit record, <clears throat> I guess on maybe on your laptop or something with nothing in mind? Yeah, yeah. I, I love using voice memos on the phone fabulous program (laughs) (laughs) I I highly recommend I always think I heard Prince had microphones all over his house recording all the time and I think yeah I think that would be an amazing for for song right now say that borders (laughs) on creepy (laughs) (laughs) but I I think you know catching catching it because it is kind of like you know it's like this floating kind of thing all around you and you have to grab hold of it and I've I've felt many of them slip away like a lot of times I'm just like all right that was for the universe you know that wasn't for that wasn't for me but but when I do hit record and catch that moment you feel it you know it's like it's kind of that effortless flow and it's uh you you know you don't have to go back and change anything it's just like um it's so much bigger than you so it's just kind of a, a amazing way to to catch that that muse or whatever you want to call it you know when you say it's bigger than you do you, do you feel like that's a sort of a needed because uh, well i'm sure we've probably known some people in our lives who are like no this is all me and i'm so great <laughs> but yes, there's like yeah. a, 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 a to be humble and and have humility before your art, so to speak. I don't know if that sounded real hippie. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. I am full. I am a full fledged hippie. Oh yeah, but, um, we are as well. Yeah, you gotta be. Come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> we're. I feel like we're hippie hybrids. Everybody's kind of like finding like what they like about it. They're like yes, I'm gonna compost or like I love it. crazy. Like, you know, whatever. But I, I think as far as that goes, we're like, as humans, we're just like so judgmental. And I think that is where you see a lot of amazing artists lose some of their steam. Cause like I've met people who've been working on a record for years, you know, and like, they just keep changing it and they keep judging it. And like that thing is, is in a lot of ways, not for you. You know, I, I feel in my position that I am kind of a channel for this to come into the world. And so I want to, I've been working on being less judgmental of what comes through and just realizing that like, if, 
if I'm feeling called to communicate this, then it probably has some meaning, even if it's for one person out there, you know? So I don't know, especially with music, it's really easy to get caught in the trap of like, oh, this sounds just like this, or this person's already done this. And like, no, they haven't because they're not you, you know, like your frequency is so unique and you have to allow it to, to be heard, you know, take up your space. Do you find that, because you collaborate a lot and you've collaborated with some, some greats mm-hmm. and I, does that, do they all often have the same sort of approach in that sort of way? If that makes sense. I don't know if that artic- I articulated that as well as I want to. I, you know, I would, I would love to talk to them more about it. Cause I, I, I haven't really gotten into that with a lot of people I've seen, I guess the person I've seen the closest is maybe um, Ty Siegel where like he, he's just kind of this like constant flow. He's, he's figured out how, like he's figured out how powerful he is, I think. And so it's like just a matter of like having the tools to like be able to like effortlessly let that flow, you know, like I, I love seeing people who are just so, um, naturally born to do that. It's the coolest thing, you know? And I don't know, especially being in LA where it is so saturated and a lot of people do come into a field like music, wanting to get famous or having intentions, you know, other than just like, I need to create, but like, <laughs> it, it, it's really obvious when you watch someone and you're like, oh, they need to be doing this. It's not an option. Like this, this has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah his, uh, his ability to just repeatedly put things out and, and good things, like great things. It's just like, who, what are, where are you from? <laughs> like, it's like, it's unreal. Like, it's unreal. Yeah. yeah. And he's just the most, you know, down to earth kind human being he would you would never think that he has kind of the resume that he does with the attitude he carries it's it's wild when you got into music did you have any sort of goals like because you said like some people want fame which um but did you have any desire for that or was it just i'm gonna do the the first time I felt real goals was uh, when I when I started playing solo and I decided that I was going to quit my day job and just play music. And my only goal that I had in mind was like I want to I want this to sustain me. Like I just want to be able to do this and not have to um, you know work another job or worry about uh, security or abundance at all. And, you know, the universe really listens. It's a trip. Like, I, I, I had never felt that kind of synchronicity until I let go of my narrative that I was always broke and that I didn't have enough and that I, oh, I had to work so hard. You know, it was just like I figured out what I wanted and I asked for it. And I was, you know, in a really fortunate position where I received those things. And, you know, now that I'm, I've been kind of on that trip for a while it's just a, you, you realize you can get as creative as you want with it. So like, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's amazing what you do when you relinquish some of that control that seems so important to your safety, you know? Yeah. It's crazy how that, mm-hmm. how once one tunes into that sort of thinking, 
that things start to flow. And, yeah. And I've had times where I'm that and then something knocks me out of it and then I start worrying about like, I don't have enough this or that or this is going to happen if I do this. And and it just, I do believe that there's like, it affects the chemicals and the output in your body that in your hormone or what if pheromones and all those things and probably not the science words that I should be using. <laughs> but, but it affects the way people relate to you and like yeah. what you, and that's, you know, like if you're in fear, that puts off of, I think people sense that. Definitely. Yeah. Your internal dialogue is, is heard whether you know it or not, you know, like you have to be aware of the, of the, predominant thoughts that that live in your not so much in your in your thinking system but in your belief system you know like do you do you actually believe that you need to be scared right now or is your brain just telling you you should be scared right now you know like you have to differentiate and and because i think your beliefs really come into play like we're always going to have fucked up thoughts coming into our mind and trying to sabotage us and take us down with machetes in the middle of the jungle (laughs) (laughs) you you have to realize that like you you can remove yourself from that um predator-esque environment and like just like take charge you know and 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 be objective about those those kinds of of thoughts because yeah they they do like have a lot to do with what you encounter throughout your life i think yeah yeah um i've been very curious because you and I haven't said it yet, but I absolutely love your music and I love your singing and, and I love feels. And oh, is there like, did I, I said it right, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I saw, I, it's the ends. <laughs> I, I, I think it, this is my child, but I live in fear of like, I'm mispronouncing words all the time or saying something <laughs> wrong and I can't especially and and or sometimes my brain gets jumbled and the wrong thing comes out and I'm like I look like an idiot Uh, (laughs) in front of my kid but I was because you do folk and then that's then you've played with Ty and like more I guess harder punky psych whatever you want to I love labels. They're great and they're helpful. <laughs> yes. I'm getting a mental image now. Yes. But is there a, do you think there is a connection or a similarity to punk and folk? Is it, if, is that a, how is that? Yeah. I, dude, I, I love, I love thinking about that actually. I've, I've compared often in my mind, uh, like country music and hip hop, you know, like where like you're talking about the same things in really different energies, basically. And I think that's important, like genres in a sense are important because not everyone identifies with the same frequencies, the same sounds, the same beat, whatever it is. And like, whatever your life experience is and whatever, you know, gets you going musically, like I think no matter what genre you're looking into, you're going to find something that resonates, like, especially lyrically wise, like everyone's kind of talking about the same thing. You know, like we all want to do our best and we all fall down and we all experience heartbreak and like having so many different avenues to like commiserate with. is like such a blessing of music. It's it's so wonderful to like have those go to. Um, I don't know. They, they feel like friends, I guess. Songs can like, <laughs> they can be like your best friend sometimes. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, Jeff Jeffrey Lewis did a folk album of crass tunes, and I was like, oh, that makes like I would have never thought of that, but I was like, oh, that makes total sense, and it's a great album. And it's like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been really I have a, a long term goal of covering a Slayer song in my in my folk style, and uh, I I just have to find one where the lyrics aren't absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as uh, I, I guess I'm not proficient in knowing their lyrics. So, but because uh, <laughs> because it goes back to the meathead thing, the guys also the Slayer fans beat me up a lot. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, there's good ones and bad ones. Good ones and bad. <laughs> but as I grow older, I'm actually trying to be more open to the music that I was against as a like you know as a when I was a punk, I was like, oh, we don't listen to that. And then now I'm like, actually, this is really good. I, why did I not listen to this? <laughs> yeah. Well, so much of getting older is just like, I, I feel like it's, it's again, like that kind of releasing like your, uh, your beliefs and, and the control that you think keeps you, keeps you in this, you know, safe and, and like tidy position. It's like, yeah, why not? Just like, give it a, give it a try. Who cares? Like, yeah. and as, as, as I be like, if when I'm an elderly man, I don't, I want to be a curious open. I don't want to be one of those. That's not how we do it. It's like, what good is like, I want to learn and keep myself surrounded by curious younger people. Cause that's how you stay. Like when people like, shit on the millennials and all the other, I can't even list. I'm like, you mean because youth, where change usually comes from? Yeah, we should we should shit on that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it is so easy to hate. Like I always try and remember that. Like it's it's really really kind of comforting and like you know you can you can really like identify and relate to lots of people through hate. You know, I think it's why this like the whole QAnon thing is 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 so kind of massive and powerful is because it's like these people they're so united in their love of hatred and just like, you know, they feel in, in to the point where they they feel that they need to defend it. You know, it's it's such a trip. But the joke's on them because they're being really passionate. You know, like they're, they're like showing us the, the same gusto that we need to have with our with our love. Because hate, hate never wins. Like watch any movie, hate never wins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, and and I feel like our psychology of the country or whatever that people are like you know, they poo poo love, and they like so many of those kind of belief systems. Like even like the you know people are like oh yeah the environment and like hippie like it's always I, I, like now I am being inarticulate because I can't think of the word. <laughs> I think you know where, but you know, it's like those things are shot down for some reason. It's like, why is, why is love a bad thing? Why is that a, why would that ever be cliche? It's really baffling. I I was just reading yesterday about like, there's been something like 80 laws uh, proposed this year that, that don't, they they basically, um, how how do I say this? They're against transgender people basically. And and like this year they've been proposed and it's just like, what what is the point of that kind of um, backslide? Because like I don't understand anything that goes against progress in the direction of acceptance and in the direction of a better connection. And this whole thing of like fearing what's different from you, I think it's going out with the Macarena. You know, like we just have to 
we gotta, we gotta quit. And we have to also like admit when we just don't know about something, you know, like I watched this one courtroom scene of this dad talking about his transgender child. And, you know, the guy who was proposing the bill was just straight up like, I have, you know, I, I just don't know about this. Like, I don't, I have no idea about this world. And like, it's why I love, you know, seeing what's happening and how accessible like new media is and like shows like RuPaul's Drag Race and Legendary on HBO Max and like all of these shows that kind of, um, that, that show that RuPaul did on Netflix, um, Joey and the Queen or something where it just kind of, it kind of puts these things. Yeah. I I think something it's called something like that. Aaron and the Queen. I I forget. But I I think, you know, all we have to do is like just normalize this stuff a little bit more for people because it just scares the bejesus out of them, doesn't it? And like, yeah, you know, uh, suppressing anyone's like uh, instinct to like just be who they are. It's it doesn't make any sense at all to me. You know, like I can't imagine having a child and telling them not to be who they are. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's been my goal with mine. And it's, it's also funny to me too, is because these people are the ones who are like, no man, my freedom. But it's like, so that freedom to wear a dress when you, <laughs> like for somebody who feels like they want to wear a dress is suddenly not freedom. Like it's like, yeah. It's And you know, I, it was so funny. Like my, my grandma um, really loved Trump and I, straight up Googled it one day. I was in a Mervyn's and she was trying something on and I Googled just like, why do old people love Trump? And it's because he totes an ideal that they're familiar with. You know, it's like kind of that, that fifties, you know, button down, everything's fine in the veneer lifestyle and like take, take what you can get because it's fine. And let's not talk about it. You know, like it's, it's just a really, really suppressed attitude towards life and I think thinking that way you know I don't want to knock the way that anyone feels because everyone's feelings are valid but I just I can't relate I can't relate to like not wanting to just like squeeze everything out of life that I possibly can even if I you know it scares the the crap out of me you gotta you gotta just go for it yeah that was one of the things I learned early is like if you're especially creatively like if if you're afraid of it then that's what you go towards because what what's right. the worst thing you you fail or you but you learn something yeah that and that feeling of regret too i think that's worse than any failure you could ever experience of like you know not having taken that opportunity and then thinking about that for the rest of your life like that yeah yeah and i think so many people are like i don't know if you watch i john oliver did a whole thing on tucker carlson last week and it was oh. like but it's all that it is it's the same thing as trump it's like you know they're trying to change the way our country is and it's like yeah you're talking about colonialism you fuck <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like you're talking about yes. things that have been toxic and it's just but you're talking to white scared people who are losing for many of them the one asset they have white <laughs> Right. And it is so much fear, isn't it? Like, I, I, I think of the insane amount of pain that, you know, Trump must be in or, you know, his family's in or, or just the, the people, the people that feel that hatred, you know, because ultimately the world is a reflection of, of you. And, and so they must just be feeling a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of hatred towards 
you know, some of the experiences they might have had, maybe. But it's yeah. it's really it's really easy to spread that poison around. It's a lot harder to like figure out, you know, habits and and neutralize the that that kind of thing. You know, it's I, I worked in retail for a long time, and so many people would just come in looking for a fight, looking yep. to spread that fucking anger like deep anger and i really like half the time i would just be like are you good girl like, what <laughs> this isn't about me i'm being very pleasant to you you know it's like <laughs> it's crazy yeah i i because i worked at a bar in downtown la for a decade and downtown wow. and it was the same but i picked up on the one of the things also the great thing about the bar was it was owned by my friends and they're like do what you want so if somebody were like said like hey the customer's always right i was like not here go fuck yourself <laughs> but sometimes the customer is fucking wrong <laughs> i which is a terrible philosophy but it's like i think so many people get shit on in their lives and in their awful job and so they're like oh it's my turn and it's like yeah uh while we were talking about trans because i know you and steve gunn who says hi by the way uh, oh, i messaged i love this the cover you do with him it's so great i loved doing that it was so cool how did that come about and the- how did it, you know i think i had done the cover and maybe i think i might have just sent it to him and he and he just did some stuff on top of it and it sounded so good and and i sent it to sub pop and they were just like oh yeah this is great let's put this out you know but it was it was cool because we're on opposite coasts you know and so to just kind of like email back and forth and then have this like thing oh you didn't record in the same room no no he he's over i i was home and i just did my track and then sent it to him he did his tracks and then we and then we turned it in you probably know this but he's been in town right He's recording, so he's probably locked up. But I just yeah, I, yeah, yeah. he posted a picture on Instagram, and I don't know him. I just he did the podcast, and we friendlyish afterwards. So we messaged. Yeah, him. yeah, but, yeah. We're not terribly close, but he's he's. I, I admire him so much, and just what he brings into the world is. I feel so lucky to be like in the same time as him. You know, like he feels very timeless. Yeah, as do you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Uh, But that was, you did that for a charity, right? You did it for Black Visions Collective, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a good transition since we were talking about trans. Is that a charity that's passionate for you or is that just something that came? That that one was just one that was recommended to me, but I'm I'm trying to be better about uh, being aware of like just where to point people and stuff like that. And um, just, I don't know, having a, a, a better... Uh, grasp on how to like spread around your own um, abundance, you know, like I think, cause I think sharing that, like it, it ripples further than you think. And so, yeah, just trying to, trying to be more proactive with, with like the platforms that you hold. I feel like that's really important. And I still need, to, I, I need to do more research and get better with that. Cause I do feel so passionately about, you know, just like the, I don't know the, the, the people that have it so rough. Like I just, I, I, I can't even comprehend sometimes. And like often in ignorance, forget how hard it is out there for people. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white lady. Like I don't get bothered at all by anybody, you know, and, and just to put yourself in someone else's shoes every once in a while is really important. And to realize 
that like their suffering is your suffering. And like, we, we have to come together in an understanding that like, until everyone is safe, no one is safe. It's just, it's, it's a fact, you know? God, that simple phrase, their suffering is my suffering or your, you know, it's like if more people just that simple phrase, if everyone applied that to themselves, it would be such a simple way to change things. I know, right? Yeah, I, I feel like this time is bringing us closer to that a little bit, you know? I always thought the end of the world wouldn't be so much like a meteor hitting us or whatever, but it would be like um, a shift in consciousness and just like a, a, an up-leveling in our awareness of each other. And I don't know, I feel that so much in like the younger generations that are coming up and even in my own self, you know, the things that I've chosen to change and, and be, you know, become more aware of, it's... It's it's not small stuff, you know. It's big stuff. Yeah, I I, yeah. I really I feel the same as you as like the younger generations. I'm like, okay, they they seem to be headed in the right directions. I just hope there's time. <laughs> well, I think the difference is we we as older uh, generations are, are so willing to facilitate what they need. You know, I think you know the children of the '60s, the children of the '70s were kind of knocked down for wanting to change things. And I think it's just going to be a game of numbers where like, we're just going to overwhelm these, you know, white male dinosaurs that are running the country and, and change things for the better. Cause th- we're, we're not trying to change things for the worst. Yeah. I think for like three people, it'll be worse, but like, as far as everyone goes, it's only going to get better. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you, Matt. This is great. Is there anything you want to... I mean, I put everything in the show notes, but is there anything possible I could be not aware of that you need to plug or want to plug? Or um, Definitely want to plug that great Ted Lucas comp that I was a part of that's coming oh, that's out. Right. That's part of the reason I asked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's coming out on the Perpetual Doom, and uh, I actually just got mine in the mail, and it's like so beautifully put together, and the tape is like a really cool blue color. It's very cool. But um, yeah, that's going to be great. And um, I have some really fun stuff coming up as well. And I'll share more about that soon. But yeah, just to, you know, take, take care of yourself and, and take up your space and be, um, be, be proud of, of who you are. Cause you know, you're, you're representing a very unique part of the universe and it's important. for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwire.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening